I want to talk a little bit about just hearing the voice of the Lord today. This is it's real basic, um, but I like to keep it. I felt yesterday we just needed to keep it in front of us, so I want to come back and take a look at this. It's something I spoke on a couple of years ago, but I want to bring it back again. Um, does everybody know and realize in here that you are created to hear the voice of God? Yes. Do you know that in your intellect, or do you really know this in your heart? you got to know it in your heart. you got to know it in your head. But things have to move beyond intellect and they have to move into your heart. You've heard me say it before. So much about the Christian life and what we believe is so important because what we believe will in turn dictate how we behave. Hello? What we believe will in turn dictate how we behave. And do you believe unto righteousness in your head? No. You believe unto righteousness in your heart. It's Romans 10. So it's not believing from an intellectual standpoint. It's believing from a knower in point, or uh, from a knower point. You, don't, you know inside your heart, you know that something's real, but you can't quite say why. Does this make sense? It's important. It's the same way with hearing the voice of God. A lot of times we think that we are going to hear the voice of God in some audible form. And you might. It is. I've heard him speak to me audibly before. One or two occasions I've heard him speak to me. And it's kind of scary because when he does that, I know he wants my attention right now. Right now. So it's almost like, anybody ever have a father that ever called your name? For me, it would have sounded like this. Andrew? And it got your attention? Right? I've heard that before. That's when I know God's getting my attention on something. And all of a sudden you start to go, okay, what happened? What did I do? (laughs) But I know he's good, so I know I can still come to him. But oftentimes hearing the voice of the Lord doesn't come from external ways. And I want to talk about that a little bit. Turn to Matthew chapter 14. There's an interesting story in here. Um, I want to take a little bit different approach with it. Matthew chapter 14 and verse 22. And we're going to look at a couple of different scriptures this morning, so just get ready. Matthew chapter 14, beginning in verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, while he set, sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost! And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. It's the original, don't worry, be happy. Sorry, did I, was that out loud? Okay, verse 28. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked out on the water to Jesus. Everybody's familiar with the story, right? We talk about the water. We talk about the faith to get out of the boat. We talk about all that. We say, you know, there was 11 others that didn't get out of the boat, the faith of Peter. But I want to jump back just a little bit before that to the point where they cry out, it's a ghost, Now think about this for a minute. They're crying out. Let's read it again. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were troubled. Yeah, do you think? 
saying, it's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, don't worry, be happy. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. This is what I don't understand. If it's a ghost that talks, it could be the same ghost that says, come. You ever think about this for a minute? They think it's a ghost, but he says, no, if it's really you, tell me to come. But if a ghost can talk and say, hey, don't worry, be happy, couldn't a ghost say, come out and get on the water? Is this making sense? So what was it inside of Peter that made him say, if it's you, tell me to come? You have to ask the question. I think, and we can see this in the life of Peter, we see it in John chapter 6, when Jesus is talking about, you have to eat my body and drink my blood, and it freaks everybody out, and everybody takes off and leaves, because they're like, cannibalism is not really a good thing. But everybody bails and leaves him, and he looks at the disciples, and he says, are you going to leave too? And Peter was the one that responded there, and he said, Lord, where are we going to go? It's you that has the words of eternal life. I think the same thing that happened there was happening here. They're freaked out. They're even offended in John chapter 6. They're freaked out here in Matthew chapter 14. But Peter knows something, like he did in John chapter 6. He just knows. I just know whenever you talk, something inside of me comes alive and it feels really good. And I don't even get it. But it feels so good, it makes me know that it's you. So in this passage right here, he's, they're saying, it's a ghost. Jesus says, don't worry, be happy. He says, well, if it's really you, tell me to come. Well, if a ghost can talk, then why wouldn't he question? Because there was something inside of Peter where he recognized, I just know, it doesn't matter about you saying come. That's really not the point. It's just the sound of your voice. When I really hear it, and I'm listening for it, I know that it's right. I'm submitting to you this morning that if an old covenant, that was still old covenant, understand, that was pre-death, burial, resurrection, that if an old covenant creature, human, can catch the voice of God because of nearness to him and, underst- and being close to him and his intimacy with him, that I suggest that perhaps if we have the spirit of the living God inside of us, then we can hear as well. Why? Because we're created to hear. We're created to hear. Think about this for a moment. Do you remember the first time you heard God? You remember it? What about when you got saved? When you came to a place where you said, I believe you're the Christ. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you are the only way to God the Father. Whatever the thoughts were, but you came to a point where you said, I believe. What made you believe? I'm suggesting it's the voice of God. Because if you look at the message of the gospel that's laid out in scripture, it is intellectually ludicrous. It really is. It's absolutely ridiculous. There's the wisdom in it though. So when you heard it and you said, I've come to a place where I'm putting my faith in Jesus and I trust him, it's because something inside of you began to resonate with something that he was saying, something that he was speaking to. You remember John 16 says that the Holy Spirit is sent into the world to convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, right? Before we put our faith in him, we're lost as can be, aren't we? 
But when we put our faith in him, we step. We're brought from darkness into light. We are changed radically. We are, old things are gone. New things have come immediately. Something changes at that point. But I'm, I'm saying this morning that we all have the ability to hear the Lord. I think sometimes when we get into church and we start maturing because we go to church all the time, which that's a... That doesn't work, does it? <laughs> Just because you go to church doesn't mean you're maturing. Any more than living in a garage is going to turn you into a car. But when you get used to hearing the voice of the Lord through other things, through the church, through scripture, through things like that, we, we get to a point sometimes, I believe that we get really dumbed down and we forget that the first place we heard the Lord was because our spirit started to resonate with it. That's what's happening here with John. I'm sorry, with Peter in this passage. He's saying, yeah, I'm totally freaked out to the core right now and I don't get it and you're telling me come out there but I'm telling you, just tell me to come to you because I know what it means to be drawn by you. I know what it means to be pulled in by you and when I hear you say it to me, I'll be glad to get out of the boat. That sounds like good stuff, doesn't it? Because this is very, very basic but it's that kind of basic stuff that can cause us to walk on water. That very basic kind of stuff that can cause us to walk on water. Just saying, I need to hear that and let it resonate inside of me so that I can get out of this boat and walk. Now, turn over to 1 Corinthians. I want to unpack this a little bit more. Everybody still in the room with me? 1 Corinthians chapter 2. One of my favorite passages of scripture. You guys have heard me say before, there are certain passages of scripture in the Bible that are mine. They're mine. You've heard me say it all the time. They're mine. You can borrow them if you want. But they're mine. Romans 6, 7, and 8, that's mine. Yeah, Ephesians 2 is mine. Right? Micah 6, 8, that's mine. But you can borrow it whenever you want. Why do I say things like that? Because when Scripture comes alive and it begins to be something more than just something you read and intellectually grasp and it jumps right into your heart and it speaks to you more than the logic ever could in the Scripture itself, you start to own it. That's why I say it's mine. You know I'm joking when I say that, but it's mine. You can do whatever you want with it, borrow it, but it's mine. This is the kind of hearing the voice of the Lord that I'm talking about. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Paul writing a letter to the church at Corinth because they had gotten a hold of some really wonderful supernatural gifts and they were walking in them. Remember, I told you a couple of weeks ago, gifts are free, right? Spiritual gifts, they're free. Absolutely, positively free. You can't do anything to merit it or earn it. It's absolutely free. But maturity is going to cost you something. That's why, guys, don't ever get enamored. Don't ever get enamored and, ooh, whatever, about people who can prophesy, who can pray for the sick and see them get them healed, and who can bring word of knowledge. Don't ever get enamored by that stuff. I mean, love it, pursue it, go after it, but don't ever get enamored by it because character and gifts don't always operate on the same level. (laughs) Have you ever known that? You ever seen that before? You wonder why? You've seen people who can do miraculous things in the body of Christ and all of a sudden you hear about a gross moral failing. Why? It's because gifts are free. Maturity, morality, character is going to cost you something. So here he's writing to a church that has gotten these gifts and they're operating in them like wildfire, but they don't know what they're doing with them. And the church at Corinth was known for incredible licentiousness. Uh, very, their sexuality was just off the chart. Um, 
It, they were known for being a people that were operating in the gifts the church was spreading, but yet the character among the church was really, really poor. So he's writing this back to them. And he has to bring them back to the very basics. And he says this, beginning in chapter 2. I'm just going to read a good part of this chapter here. Everybody okay with that? I'm glad. Those of you who aren't, just bear with it. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Okay, that'll preach all day long. I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's what I've told you before. I'm not interested in people who come to me and want to give me their spiritual resume. I want to look at your life and I want to see what's going on. I'm like, I don't care what's happened in times past. I want to know what's going on. I've determined to not know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in a demonstration of the spirit. Everybody say spirit. spirit. And of power. Say power. power. Oh, man. That's the best way to take the gospel anywhere you go. You don't need persuasive words of man's wisdom. You just need a demonstration of the spirit and of power. We saw it on Thursday out there. I got to go out to the ripple effect, and we saw it on Thursday. I walked up, and here's Joe, Diane, and there's David. He's praying over a guy. I don't know how he got there, but he showed up, and they started praying over this guy. And all I knew was I heard him say something about he had received the Lord a while back, but he wanted more of God or something. This dude's sitting there like smoking a cigarette. They're praying over him. All of a sudden, he starts speaking in tongues. Out in the middle of Crane's Roost. (laughs) There you go, right there. You don't need persuasive words. You need a demonstration of the spirit and of power. So that your faith will not be in the wisdom. Verse 5. So that your faith would not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. However, verse 6. We speak wisdom among those who are what? Mature. Mature. Oh, here's that mature thing. We speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Now, that's a good word right there. The rulers of this age are coming to nothing. What's happening with us? We're going from glory to glory. And they're going from nothing to nothing. Come on, this has got to be a good word. This, any, kind of like, any kind of like spiritual attack anybody finds themselves under, this always helps me. Whenever I know that, and then I find and discover that maybe I'm under some kind of spiritual attack, I, got, I have to know this, that they're not getting stronger. I am, and they're getting weaker. Yeah. It just really helps my striving in spiritual warfare. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't like striving in spiritual warfare. I like to speak to it and say, uh-uh. Thanks for trying. Verse 7, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages, say this with me, for our glory. Don't ever, ever, ever lose sight of the fact of why it's so important to hear the Lord and recognize what your life about as a believer in Jesus Christ. Because it's the glory of God that gets put inside of us that reveals it to the world around us. And these things are made for our glory, according to this right here. Isn't that good news? It's not so we take it from God. It's so we recognize fully that we're co-heirs with him. We're co-creators with him. And when we bring the gospel, the good news to people, that there has to be some kind of spirit, power in it, and glory that comes out of it as well. Ordained before the ages for our glory. Verse 8. Which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Right? Talked about that before. 
If the demons only knew what they were doing when they killed Jesus, they would have turned around and killed anybody who tried to kill Jesus. Because they didn't know. They didn't know what they were setting into motion. Verse 9, But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Has anybody heard that one before? Does that feel good? Here's the thing. That's a wonderful passage of scripture. You hear it at funerals sometimes. You hear it at, you hear it at all these, you hear it at multiple different places. You hear, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those. It's like, that sounds really good, but do we forget? Everybody look at me a second. Do you know what the next verse says? Yeah. Ah, look at me. Don't look down. <laughs> oh, Bube knows what it says. We like that, but here's the thing. If we're not careful, we take old covenant passages like this and we hold them out there like, eye has not seen, ear has not heard. Oh, it makes us feel really good inside because we know that there's something really good for us, but we think that it still remains in a mysterious place. Oh, eye has not seen, ear has not heard. That sounds so good. I'll never know what it is, but it sounds so good inside. But that's not what it says. Look at what the next verse says. But God, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Come on. Verse 12, come on. Now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us. That's good stuff. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Answer to old covenant coming right up. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. I'm suggesting that verse 10 challenges verse 9. I'm saying that verse 10 comes along and says, yeah, don't keep that in a place where you slip into a passive way of thinking and living in your Christianity that you say, oh, there's so many things that God knows that are just out there and stuff. You know, maybe someday I'll know them, maybe I'm not. I don't know about you guys. I'm wired for like, come on, man, get the answer. Go on, get to the end of this thing. Where are we going? People talk about life being a journey. I'm about the destination. I'm sorry that may offend people, but I am. I'm like, it's this journey. I'm like... I don't care about the journey, man. I want to get there. I am. I'm wired like that. A number of years ago, before we had left Florida to go to Nashville, we were living over on the West Coast, and we had a boat. And I would see people in marinas that had these wonderful sailboats, and they were beautiful. But I'm like, not for me. I want a motor. I don't want to have to look at the island and go, tack this way, come back, tack this way, come back. I don't like that. No, I want to get in the boat, and I'm going to turn the motor on, I'm going right there. I'm about the destination. I want to get to that location. <laughs> Sailboats are for journey people. Motorboats are for destination people. Yeah. Come on, anybody with me in here? Did I just, okay, all right. I'm wired like that. I want to know. So these things that sometimes we refer to in Scripture, and we put them off into the, the nebulous, ethereal, netherland of the things of the Spirit, I'm like, I want those things. Yeah. I understand fully that there are certain things in the kingdom of God that I will access once I am totally with him. I understand that. But if it doesn't tell me clearly in scripture that that is left for something later, I want it now. I want it right now. 
I am going to pull on it. I am going to demand it. I am going to cry out to God, and I want it. So God, if there are things that have not entered into the heart of man, I want them to enter, my, my, enter into my heart. Why? Because your spirit has given them to me. And I'm created for this. I'm created to hear. I'm created to hear, not just so it gives me my, where I'm supposed to go and where I'm supposed to walk. I'm created to hear so that when I'm outside mowing my lawn and you speak to me, I just go, oh, God, yes. That felt good. Have you ever had that happen? Where you're out doing something and you're not even really trying to communicate with God, but all of a sudden you feel this, oh, yeah. Man, if you haven't felt that thing, ask for it. I'm I'm serious. It feels so good. It will change your entire perspective on how you view life. If you just get to the point where you're saying, God, you have permission to say to me anything you want, anytime you want. And I have had it show up in the most strange places. Here's the deal. If you've had it happen, do whatever you have to do to make a note of it and go, okay, he's speaking. I, I will note where I am, what I'm doing, what I'm thinking. Why? Because I want to recognize that when he speaks, it could be anywhere. I could recognize that when I'm back in that situation, he could speak there again. Come on, is anybody here you're still with me? Because it's not so much about what he says, it's about the words themselves. Is that making sense? It's not about the intellectual when he speaks. It's about the fact that he's speaking and something inside of me just goes, oh yeah, that felt really, really good. I want to know. I want to know all those things that, the, that God has for us that are the kingdom stuff that we can access, that I can access. I want it right now. Verse 10. Look at it again. But God has revealed to them to us through his spirit. God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Let me say it again. God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Why? Because the Spirit of God has been working inside the mind of God and He's been searching it since eternity. So even before you were on this planet, the Spirit's been searching the heart of God and He's discovering things about you before you were ever born and He's just waiting to release them to you. To access these kinds of things, though, that the Lord is saying to us, guys, what we need to do is challenge ourselves on how much of our expectation do we have on trying to hear God through the natural. Can God speak through the natural? Absolutely. I think that's great. Romans tells me that. Through all creation, the Godhead is made manifest. I understand that. But really, if you understand that passage of Scripture, that's really for the immature. That's really for the unbeliever. But as we mature, because he says here, I'm trying to speak to you as mature people. I'm trying to speak to you as mature people. When we learn what it means to mature in the Lord and hear the voice of God, then it's not so much then about trying to hear him through what happens in the natural. If you want to know something in the natural, use Google. Google it. Google can tell you all kinds of things. If you want to know what's going on in heaven, use the Spirit. Now, I know this sounds like Christianity 101, but I really think it's a good thing for us to come back to basics. You know, any good coach will do that. You know that, right? Any good coach is going to take a team. Anybody in here a coach? No? 
Any good coach is going to take a team and say, it's not about all these other things. It's about the basics. It's about the foundations. It's about the starting point stuff. Don't ever leave it. And any good coach will always bring his team back to it because if he doesn't, they'll drift off into something else. That's what's happening here. He's coming back to him and saying, don't use Google. Use the Spirit. Right? Don't use Google. Use the Spirit. It's not real mature. We talked about this last week with Gideon. Remember? Let's put the fleece out. Let's put a fleece out and see what God's going to say. We do that in New Testament Christianity all the time. We have the Spirit of God inside of us. Gideon did not. And he even had the revelation of the pre-incarnate Christ called the angel of the Lord show up right in front of him. He saw it. He saw the stick touch the rock. The flames come out of it. Consume the sacrifice, but he still has to go, God, if it's really you, let me put out a fleece. Are you kidding me? After all that, why do we do that as New Testament Christians? We do things like that. I don't know why that is. Lord, if it's really you, if this, if this house is really for us, then I'm going to go march around it seven times. Okay. Some of you aren't laughing because I just stepped on some toes there. <laughs> Why do we do stuff like that? If we have, it, do we really know we have the spirit of the living God inside of us? I don't think it's about gyrations, spiritual gyrations that we do to hear God. I think the best way to hear God is recognize I have the spirit of the living God inside of me. What I need to do is I need to still my soul. I need to talk to my mind for a second and say, mind, shut up. Stop thinking. Now, that's hard to do. I know that. You know how, you know the best way to stop thinking? I guarantee you this will work. I guarantee you this will work. The best way to stop thinking, especially if your mind is like all over the map trying to figure things out, Pick up your Bible, open up to Psalms, pick one. Just pick one. And read it. Read two or three verses and read it 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 it until it gets to the point where you're not even thinking about that anymore and your mind begins to stop its intellectual trying to grasp something and all of a sudden your spirit man comes alive and you're hearing it. Because you don't read the Bible to learn, you read it to hear you read it to learn, then you've got a bunch of good facts that you've put in your intellect. But that doesn't bring life. Jesus himself says, or Peter says to him, John 6, I was referring to it earlier, you alone have the words of life. Jesus says, same thing, the words that I speak to you are spirit and life. And if he's speaking spirit, then that means my spirit man needs to get to a place where I understand AM signal to AM signal, not AM to FM. You guys know that doesn't work, right? There's radio waves going through this building all over the place. Right now, signals all over the place. How come we can't hear them? We don't have radio receivers, right? Aren't you glad? That's not what we need. But we have the Spirit of God, because I'm not interested in picking up earthly. I'm interested in picking up what he's giving off. John 16, Jesus says, I'm sending you Holy Spirit, right? What a great passage. What a wonderful passage. He even says before that, I have to go away because if I don't go away, you don't get Holy Spirit. But if I go away, you get Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit's going to be awesome. That's my paraphrase. Holy Spirit's going to come along right next to you and he's going to walk this thing out with you and he's going to say to you, that thing that Jesus was talking about, let me remind you of it. Remember what he said? Think about this. Isn't this great that we have a person? And Holy Spirit is person, right? He's not the weird uncle that lives in a different state that nobody wants to talk about, right? I run into people like that. They think the Holy Spirit's like some strange uncle. You know, everybody's really familiar with the Father and Jesus, but that Holy Spirit thing is a little weird. Well, he is, but he's a person. And we've been given person 
And he walks right next to us when we're walking along and he can just whisper in our ear and say, remember that thing that Jesus was talking about? Yeah, yeah. let me tell you about that right there. Yeah, rem- yeah, okay, you got it? Good. But he also comes along next to us and he says, let me show you what's going to happen right up the road here. Come on, anybody want to know what's going to happen up the road? Yeah, he'll come along and he'll do that too. Scripture says he'll show you things to come. So he reminds you of the things that he's spoken. He shows the thing you to come. And here's my favorite one. It says, he guides you into all truth. So we have the spirit. John 16, he says, I'm going to give you the spirit. I give it to you because he also said, there's a lot of things I want to tell you guys, but you can't handle it right now. Right? Why did he say that? Because they hadn't gotten Holy Spirit yet. You guys know that. We get to read this Bible from here looking back. We have Holy Spirit inside of us. A lot of it makes sense to us looking back, but they're hearing it for the first time and they're going, I don't know what you're talking about. Can you explain that parable to me again? Yeah, I'll explain it to you again. I have really a whole lot of things I want to tell you guys, but I can't tell you because you just can't handle it right now. But I will send Holy Spirit. And once he comes, now you're going to be able to handle it. Come on, that's a good word, isn't it? He... Holy Spirit, the whole point of that is Holy Spirit works inside of us, works inside of us to help carry out whatever word he's speaking. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word. It doesn't say faith comes from the word of God. That's important to understand. If faith came from the word of God, then what we would do is we would just come in here every Sunday, put on a recording of somebody speaking the word, and that's all we do. But faith doesn't come by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. In other words, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Even Jesus says, be careful how you hear. Be careful how you hear. Hearing is incredibly important. Faith comes by hearing. And the capacity for hearing, if I could put it that way, the capacity for hearing comes by the word of God. That's why it's so important that we get as much of this word into us as we can. Just read it. Just sit down and read it. Put it in your car on a whatever, you know, some of those DVDs, do you guys have those, or CDs where it's the word of God? Just put it in your car and listen to it. However, just when it comes into your ear, just recognize I'm not trying to intellectually grasp as much as I'm trying to really hear, hear what it's saying. Every time Holy Spirit is speaking, this is what I'm getting to. Every time Holy Holy Spirit is speaking, he's transferring God's reality into your natural reality. That's hearing the voice of God. We have to be careful because religion is satisfied with human logic. Religion gets satisfied with human logic if I can figure it out. Thank God we don't live with religion, right? We do have it in us, but thank God we don't want to live by religion. The kingdom is based on a world we cannot see, but it's superior to everything that we can. Put it that way. The kingdom of God, what we're trying to hear from God, is so much more superior. You don't see it, but it's way more superior than what we see in this planet. Look at verse 11. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Holy Spirit has been given so you can discover what's been given to you. Remember Jesus, now think about this. Holy Spirit's been given for you to discover what's been given. He's been given to you so that you can discover what's yours. Remember what Jesus did, Philippians chapter 2? He left everything, right? Hello, we still together? Everybody understands? Philippians chapter 2. Thought it not something to be equal, to be held on to. He humbled himself. He set aside his divine prerogative. Guys, we need to understand this. The, the importance of understanding the humanity of Jesus is critical to our life on this planet. 
He set aside everything. Some people think that he just didn't use his power. That's not the case. He gave it up. He gave it completely up. So much so that he had to hear the Father speaking to him in order to carry out what the Father said. So here's Jesus with God, has everything, sets it aside, comes to this planet only for God to say, now let me give it back to you. Interesting, huh? Because that's what happens for us. The model is Jesus, right? We can't forget that. If the model is Jesus and he left everything to become like us, then God says, because Jesus goes on to say, all that the Father has is mine, right? He said that. All that the Father has is mine. So we had to leave it in order to get it. We have to leave our understanding of what this natural world looks like in order to grasp what he's giving us. Hello. It's so important, critically important. If you see the immense assignment to make disciples, listen, if you see and recognize the immense assignment that we have to make disciples, heal the sick, raise the dead, then you're going to see the need for access to verse 9 right now. What do we say in verse 9? It's not entered into the heart of man, right? If you recognize fully the fullness of the gospel and what it means to fulfill the Great Commission, then you look at verse 9 and you say there has to be an answer to that. There has to be an answer. The presence and the voice of the Lord are the same. They just manifest in different ways. What do we want here whenever we gather to worship? Presence of God. Why? It's so important. I've told you before. It's priority one for us. The presence of God is everything. We don't come in here to preach a word. We come in here to worship. It is the thing that we do here. We come in here to worship. Why? We're looking for what happened today. Somebody to come bring the word of God and it's like he's going to reveal love to you. Now sit there. Take it. Why? Because the presence of God speaks to you. We are in a weird culture here, right? We are a weird people. Acts 2 Church, we're weird, okay? I'm not trying to placate anybody or make them feel good about it. We are weird people. We're strange. People come in here before and they've asked me things like, well, why do people shake like that? Why do people twist and move like that? I don't know. They just do. But that doesn't mean people hear the Lord better when that's happening. You can be completely deadpan still and hear the Lord. The manifest presence of the Lord speaks... He absolutely speaks. It's, it's not a matter of something happening in the physical. It's a matter of what's happening in my spirit and how am I receiving what's going on here. That's why I've, for years I've been like this. Growing up in the church, I am not impressed by people who can jump around and sing. I love it. I think it's wonderful. I don't dance, sing, do whatever you want. I'm not impressed by that. I'm not impressed who can sing the loudest, raise their hands the most. That doesn't impress me. What really impresses me is somebody that can receive the word of the Lord and I start to see the transformation in their life. That impresses me. Come on, are you guys still tracking with me? All right, I'm going to wrap this thing up. I feel like I'm at 30,000 feet and I'm going to land, so fasten your seatbelts, okay? (laughs) Verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us. If you have a highlighter, a way to do that in your Bible, highlight it, underline it. This is a really good one. This is a good one to go back to, especially when you think you're not hearing Don't buy into the lie that God distanced himself from us. Don't buy into that thing. I mean, even old covenant writers got it. Do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? You're there. Somehow we think it's like we go through these seasons where God's not speaking. No, that's not true. Please put that outside of your theology. Just debunk that thing. My daughter's sitting right here on the front row. Okay? Would it be 
I know I've done this before, but would it be really a good idea and help her in her growth if she were to come home from school one day and go, Dad, where are you? Dad. And I'm hiding in a closet. This is going to be really good for her. And then she starts to get scared. God, I, Dad, I can't hear you. Where are you? I can't hear you, Dad. Where are you? And for me to think, oh, this is so good for her. This is going to teach her some good stuff here. Now, that's weird, right? Now, if, I, if that's weird for me as a human to do that, why would God do that? I'm just trying to say here, guys, God does not withhold himself. If there's, any, if there's anything where we're not getting something from God, just know that it's on our part. But then don't get into striving like, oh, I've got to go do something to get it cleaned up. I need to go get cleaned up before I can hear God. You heard God in the worst of your sins. You think he just changed his mind? We need to debunk that myth, too, that God can have nothing to do with sin. Just debunk that thing. Get rid of that. I'm serious. This has to do with hearing God because we think that whenever we've done something wrong, we can't hear God. It's, it is. It's true. It's true. Second Corinthians 5. Jesus becomes man. He takes on the sin of the world, right? Takes it to the cross with him. Second Corinthians 5 tells us that God was in Christ at that moment reconciling the world to himself. So don't say God cannot have nothing to do with sin. As a matter of fact, when God and sin come to get together, one of them dies. Look at Romans 6. I'm not kidding you. One of them dies. And it's sin that dies. Don't buy into that. You have the spirit of the living God. Come on, this has got to be good news to you guys. You've got the spirit of the living God. Don't give in to your feelings. Your feelings are a true representation of your perceived reality. And you know that your perceived reality feels really real. Right? But it's the matrix. Your feelings are a true representation of your perceived reality. And so when you feel like I can't hear God, just know that that's just a feeling and it's not reality. It's a perceived reality. So I need to shift my thinking and I have to choose and I have to come back to, no, right here. Everybody, look at that again, verse 12. Now, we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Do you want to know what God has freely given to you? You have the spirit of God inside of you. Stop the earthly FMAM receiver and turn on the heavenly one and start saying, I'm just going to sit here. And if you can't get past that, do what I said earlier. Get into the Psalms. Pick up the Gospels. Just read those things. I don't care. Just pick up the Word. There's life in it. Pick up the Word. Start reading it. And read it over and over and over. Read Proverbs. Read whatever you want. Just read it over and over. Just a couple of passages. Over and over and over and over again until your, your logic goes poof, out the window. And now you start to hear. Mm. Verse 14 says this. And this is why. The natural man does not receive. Everybody say, does not receive. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Everybody catch that. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them. Because they are spiritually discerned. Come on, that's a good word. You can't say God's not talking right now. It's impossible. You cannot say that. God's not talking right now. Jesus himself, John 10 said, my sheep know my voice. Maybe we just need to get a little more familiar with it. Just become so familiar with it that when you are mowing your lawn or you're going to get the groceries or you're standing in line at whatever or you're at the bank, 
and you got all kinds of stuff going around and you're not even thinking about him, but your spirit man is so in tune that all of a sudden he speaks and you go, oh yeah. That felt, I feel it when I talk about it. You guys feel that? I feel it when I talk about it because there's, there's a familiarity with this voice that becomes so... When George, when Jody calls you on the phone, you don't have to ask, is that you, Jody? Yeah, don't ever do that, by the way. <laughs> you don't have to ask why. You've gotten so familiar with hearing her voice, right? It's the same thing. There's a reason why Peter could say, if it's you, bid me come. Because at some level, he was familiar enough with that voice that he knew if he heard it, that something would begin to burn inside of him. Do you remember the road to Emmaus? And they're walking along and Jesus was with them. And then after he leaves, they say, didn't our hearts burn inside of us? But also recognize, they couldn't recognize who he was. But we have to be careful of that. Because if we find ourselves in a place where we're not hearing the voice of God, we will start to reduce him down to a prophet. And we'll start to reduce him down to something else. And then not recognize when he shows up. But didn't our hearts burn within us? There was something that was going on. I wish I knew what that conversation was. I think it's not in scripture because it's not important. It's just the fact that he was talking and the sound of his voice does things. When I hear that voice, something changes inside of me. Something starts to burn inside of me and everything that I think that I know in the natural starts to take a back seat to the reality of what is in heaven and I can hold on to that and I can say, this is God. This is life. This is true. This is good. Does this sound good to you guys? Everybody stand up here with me. I'm going to pray over you. What time is it? 12.30. I did good. Wow, that was good. Nobody had your ears burst from dropping from 30,000 feet down to... Okay. Hold your hands out. I'm just going to simply say this. Lord, help us to become more aware of our spirit. Because you gave it to us, and you're moving inside of us. Your spirit inside of us moves and gives us what we need. Help us to become more aware of that, Lord. Because, Lord, I'm convinced. I'm absolutely convinced in my core that if we could hear you more, then this process of being conformed to your image would actually be exponentially moved forward. So, Lord, bring revelation to everybody in the room, all of us, Lord, bring revelation when we're operating out of our natural man and we're operating out of our spirit. Let us be, learn to be so clear in understanding the difference between the two that we don't get bogged down with things of the natural, trying to put them here, the spirit, through the things of the natural. Lord, I pray you would make us more aware of what your spirit is saying and that spirit that you have given us, that you've put inside of us, Hmm. I'm going to ask for some specific things here. Or I'm going to ask that people in this room, I'm including everybody here, but myself included, begin to hear you through your spirit and their inner man regarding their neighbors, regarding coworkers, regarding people they pass on the street. 
And all those things, Lord, that in previous times have not entered into the heart of man, and eye has not seen, ear has not heard, it's not entered into the heart of man, what God has prepared. Lord, I pray those things that are prepared and are revealed to us would become so more real than this natural world, Lord, that we would be so heavenly-minded we'd be doing the most earthly good we've ever done. Ah, thank you, Jesus. You're just good. Just thank him. Just thank him. Trust that he's putting it in you. Just thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. As a matter of fact, Lord, I say right now, if you want it too, I want more of your spirit. I want more of your spirit. Your word says to be being continually filled with your spirit. So fill me right now. Fill me right now with the fullness of that, Lord. The fullness of it. Come on, just ask him for more. The fullness of your spirit, Lord, so I do not get bogged down in this natural life. I've tasted and I have seen that you are good and I don't want to go back to anything else. Clear line between what's natural and what's of the spirit. Because the natural man cannot receive. And I don't want to be like that. I want to receive, Lord. I want to receive. I want to receive all of it. Yes, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen.